I know the last several weeks I have been preaching from the book of Genesis, and I will continue that, but I'm going to take a break this morning with with the emphasis of the day, with our deacon ordination that is coming later today. This morning, I wanted to talk about the nature of godliness, the nature of godliness. And I was thinking along the lines, as I was thinking and preparing for uh, deacon ordination later today, what is godliness? And, you know, there's a lot of different um, definitions of godliness, but godliness is the sacred impression and the workmanship of God in a man, whereby from carnal, he is made spiritual. Now, you know, as I thought about that definition, and I really liked it, godliness is the sacred impression and workmanship of God in a man, whereby from carnal, carnal, he is made spiritual. Godliness. One of the verses that I looked up this morning for this message is in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 24. In Numbers, chapter 14, verse 24, I want to read it first of all uh, in the King James, and then I'm going to read it on the the translation that's up on the screen. But in the King James, it it says, "But, But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, And had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now, in the in the CSB that was up up on the screen just a moment ago, as we look at that, it says, But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone, and his seed or, and his descendants, I'm sorry, will inherit it. I don't know what, if you're catching it there or seeing that in this verse where God is saying about his servant Caleb, he is saying, but he had another spirit with him. He had a different spirit. You know, sometimes things change. And we just talked about just a a few moments ago about the name of God and what our Lord God can do. And just mentioning his name, how it can change maybe the disposition in our life or change things. But you know, sometimes facilities, listen to it, facilities are not new, but the qualities are. The strings are the same But the tune is corrected. Concerning godliness, I will lay down these things. Now, what what it's saying is that when we allow godliness to take place in our life, the structure might be the same, but the things within are different. There's a different spirit. There's a different desire. There's a different desire to, to look at new things. I don't know if you've ever thought about godliness, but one of the things that I want to share this morning is that godliness is a real thing. It's real. And one of the things that we can see that in our lives, something that we need to look to and strive for, just like Caleb was God's servant, he had another spirit. Godliness is a real thing. It's not a shadow, but it's a substance. Godliness is not the fervish conceit of a sick brain, but a a Christian is 
no enthusiasm. It's one whose religion is all made up of fancy. In other words, godliness has truth for its foundation. In our lives today, we see that things come and go. We see that even when Hurricane Michael came through the panhandle, we saw those pictures where buildings and dwellings, even down to the foundation, were just wiped away by those winds that came through. We can identify with that. We've seen that. We've experienced that. Those strong winds and the fury of a storm. But godliness for Christians, is something that we need to look. It's beyond just something within us. It should be that foundation that holds us when the winds of this world is changing back and forth. Godliness has a foundation that is in the rock of Jesus Christ. And this morning as we think of that, godliness is real and something obtainable through the Holy Spirit of God. The way of truth. You know, in our world today, sometimes it's getting harder and harder to tell what the truth is. But our God is the truth. Godliness has a truth for its foundation. It's something that we can hold on. It is called the way of truth. Godliness is a a ray and a beam that shines from God. And if God is true, then... Godliness is true. And that is something we can hold on to. God is true. God is something that we can hold on to. Even though there are those that that try to, to, to put God down or even try to keep saying that God doesn't exist, we need to go back to the truth. God will never, never fail. And as we think of that this morning, I want you to know godliness is a real thing. Second, godliness is an, in, this is another one of those words I practice, Fidel. I even have phonetically spelled. But God is incentric. I think it's what I'm trying to say. God is an incentric thing. Now, maybe that word is, 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 is new to you, but, but to belong to a thing by its very nature. In Romans 2.29, it says it lies chiefly in the heart. Godliness should be something that is basically part of our life because let's not forget who made us. God made us in his image. And there is that basic and centric thing that should be in all of us, that that lives deep within inside of us, that godly principle that is there. And we need to see how that has been bestowed to us. And in Psalms 51.6, it says, Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. You see, godliness is where we are saying, God, teach me. Teach me to obey your word. Teach me deep within those principles that I should never let go. Godliness also is a supernatural thing. By nature, we inherit nothing but evil, but when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin worked in our members. In other words, 
If we're not careful, one author put it this way. He said, we sucked in sin as naturally as our mother's milk. But godliness is the wisdom from above. Did you get that? We suck in sin as naturally as our mother's milk. But godliness is the wisdom from above. Think of that. I love when mamas are feeding babies, and you can tell sometimes when they're hungry. You give them that bottle, and boy, they grab both hands on that bottle. They're intense, and they just sucking that thing dry. You know, in our world today, what's around us? As we think about what are the things today, naturally sin is all around us. And if we're not careful, even as adults today, we can be sucking in the sin so easily and almost naturally not realizing the importance of taking in the wisdom of God. You see, today, the wisdom of God almost seems strange. The wisdom of God almost seems secondary. But we need to see, according to God's word, is that we need to breathe in from heaven. We need to breathe in how God is sending down to us upon this earth, how he sent down his son, Jesus Christ, how we need to breathe in from the heavenly sources. You know, God must light up the lamp of grace in our heart. You know, weeds, <laughs> weeds have a way of uh, growing by themselves, don't they? And flowers are planted. But you know, godliness is a, is a plant that comes forth in, in a way that is called, as some would call by the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of God. A man has no more power to change himself than to create himself. We cannot change us, but God wants to send and give us from the heavens this, this godliness that is supernatural. This godliness, godliness is also extensive. It's a it's a leaven, it's a, it's a bread, it, it is something that God wants to give us that, that will continue to grow. In us. May the God of peace sanctify you wholly. In other words, the, 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 the godliness that God wants to give us is a light in our understanding. And, and you think about it today, in our understanding today. If we're not careful, our understanding becomes narrow. Our understanding becomes tainted by this world. This, our understanding sometimes closes in. But we need to have the light of our Lord Jesus Christ, an understanding that can affect us and show us the extensiveness of God's wonderful grace. The extensiveness of God's Godliness. thought this was interesting. In Colossians 3.10 it says, And have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. But let me put it another way. We do not call a black man white because he has white teeth. The one who is good only in some part is not godly. Grace is called the new man. Not a new eye, not a new tongue, but a new man. 
The one who is godly is good all over, though he is regenerated only in part, yet is in every part. Guys, as we think about godliness, it wants to rejuvenate us. It wants to be the foundation of our life. It wants to affect every part of our life. It is a total conversion of allowing God to come and allow another spirit to dwell in us. Godliness is also intense. But you know, in our world today, a lot of times we don't like intense things. It does not lie. I mean, godliness is an intense thing. It's a fervent spirit. You know, we call water hot when it's hot in the third and fourth degree. The one whose devotion is inflamed is godly, but his heart boils over in holy affection. You know, even today, it's kind of like, what is hot? For some people, it can be just lukewarm, and to them, that's hot. Others, it could be boiling, boiling, and to them, that's not even hot. But I want you to see that the godliness of God today is something that is intense. How the heart boils over in holy affection, and we experience and see what God does. In Romans 12, 11, it talks about that fervent spirit. But godliness is also a glorious thing. You know, just as the jewel is to the ring, so is piety to the soul. I want us to see that, that you know, as we look at 2 Peter 1, 4, it says, partake of the divine nature. Godliness is near kin to glory and glory in virtue. Godliness is glory in the seed and glory is godliness in the flower. I just want you to, to think of the intensity, to think of the, the glorious nature of God's godliness. His divine nature. Isn't it amazing? You take a seed and the seeds come in all different shapes. And sometimes those seeds are even, you know, a beauty in itself. But then you plant that seed and a flower comes forth and the beauty is multiplied, is intense, it's glorious. But that flower sometimes also provides new seeds for that to continue. And God does that and wants to do that in us. He wants that glorified experience to come in us and to grow and to to be that flower. And then also to share with others. Godliness is also a permanent thing. You know, names are given from the habit. You say, well, preacher, what does that mean? Well, Aristotle said that, so I don't know really what he means. But, but Aristotle said names are given from the habit. But we do not call someone who blushes ruddy, but someone who has a ruddy complexion. A blush of godliness is not enough to name someone a Christian. What, what, what I'm saying is that godliness is permanent. Sometimes we describe a characteristic or we describe something that is fleeting. But you know, godliness must be the temperament, the complexion. Godliness is, is a fixed thing. There, there, there's a difference between a stake in the hedge and a tree in the garden. We need to see that there is something that, that is steady, that is real, that is consistent. When godliness has taken root in the soul, 
it abides eternally. Guys, I want us to see that, that godliness is, is a spirit that God wants to plant within us. To the point that even he said in Caleb, he has another spirit. I, I'm not trying to say, oh, let's be super, super Christian and have two spirits. I, I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying, allowing the godliness that God wants to give us to dwell in us. From the very root of our being. That his seed remains in us. Engraved in us. By the Holy Spirit. We need to see how godliness can change us into a new person. Where the godliness changes our thinking and we look at things totally different. I know that might even seem scary. But what if Christians today start thinking about opening the nature of godliness? And that everyone can be godly. Like I said, my thoughts from this message originated thinking about today. And thinking about the one we will ordain later in our second service. But you know, godliness is something that every one of us, including myself, needs to strive for. To allow that sacred impression and workmanship of, workmanship of God to come in us and to have a place in us that changes everything else. Godliness is real. Amen. It is real. It, it is something we should strive for. Because in our world today, what is needed? Godliness. God is needed today. There's a godliness that, that needs to begin manifesting in God's children today. That when people look, they said, man, there's something different there. And it would inquire them. To look and to, to go further and to see what God can do. We've seen what God can do in a limited way. I say limited because I, I believe there's other things out there that God is doing and sometimes we're just not aware of it. But God is great. Amen? God is great. And I just, as we think about that, and how his godliness is, is something that we say, God, I, I desire that. God, I, I want that to come into my life, to be a foundation. And that I would not drink of this world, but I would drink from heaven directly from you to form that godliness in me. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, just as we think of this godliness, we just ask, Lord, that you would bless us. Lord, may there be a desire within us to seek this godliness. Not to make us better, but to make us that child you would want us to be. To, to make us, Lord, 
in your eyes, one that is seeking you in all things, pushing the world out and making our heart pure like you want it to be. Lord, help us. See the desire to have that heart that only you can provide. Give that to us. And Lord, may we desire it. Lord, I ask this in your son's name. Amen. Invite you.